Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. Today, my friends, is Book Wednesday. When you tell your friends about Book Wednesday, you're really going to want to hit those B's, both in Book and Book Wednesday. Something I say at the top of every show is a spoiler warning, which is what I'm about to say. And that is, this is a spoiler warning. I say that for the reason that I'm probably... Oh, no, scratch that. I am definitely going to spoil the living bejesus out of this book and this book of Wednesday. So, take heed of this warning. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> no. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps others find and experience podcasts such as this for themselves. Thank you for those who have done so, for those who have not done so, what the fuck? That will, of course, take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsor, which is Waylanders. Build-A-Bear Monster Thing. Once again, today's sponsor is Waylanders Build-A-Bear Monster Thing. A bear monster thing, basically. Today's book about Wednesday, we are talking Hero in the Shadows by Mr. David Gemmel. Part, I do believe, 10 of the Drenay series, or the Drenay Saga, if you prefer. I prefer Saga. I like a good Saga. Bob Saga? Also good. Uh, I think I should, so I don't forget, as sometimes I do, give my rating right off the bat with zero talk of the actual book. Very unprofessional of me, but not as unprofessional as forgetting to do a rating at all, which sometimes happens if I don't do it when I remember to do it, if you smell what I'm cooking. I'm gonna go... Uh, I think a four overall, with potentially three-ish for the, what the story actually is. Yeah, yeah. The story being, of course, your sort of classic ancient evil coming back. That's, that's why I'm gonna take a, take a mark off for that. Whoa. Whoa. Doing a little, uh, hydroplane in here today. Which you may occasionally hear in the liberal car because we're getting a shit ton of rain. It's February and raining, so that combined with all the snow melting means that the roads are watery, and you'll occasionally hear me go (laughs) through a giant puddle. Okay? Okay. Thus concludes the LibroCube Weather and Road Report. So, uh, this this book, once again, 
brings us back to our buddy, our pal, Waylander, who, as far as protagonists in fantasy novels go, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I've, I've very much enjoyed getting to know him over some of these books within this series. And uh, this took an interesting turn because he's now an old man. Interesting. If you listen to my last talk of Waylander's exploits, I believe it was the book uh, Waylander 2 colon something after the title, we were sort of not 100% sure if he lived or died. Well, I can now verify that he did in fact live. And despite the fact that he's an old man, he's sort of maybe not in his prime, but he's still in pretty good fighting form, because if you recall... He was healed by a Cyclops, a two-pupiled Cyclops. Two pupils, for the reason that the Cyclops had one eye but two pupils in it. So, are you still a Cyclops if you have two pupils? I don't know. Anyways, this Cyclops monster thing healed him, and because of this healing, he sort of lived longer than most, as well as kept fairly physically fit. He's still, he's sort of gray gray-bearded and haired, but he could still kick ass like nobody. As far as fantasy protagonists, Waylander is one of those ones that, if you are going against him, you are going to die. And another sort of cool thing around that fact is that everyone seems to know that. So it's almost as if stories of his exploits add an extra layer of fear to people, which then causes them to falter and be killed by him. So it's a it's a vicious cycle. Literally a vicious cycle. He, since the events of the last book, has moved to a sort of faraway land, which I don't think has been mentioned in any of the previous books. It's called, uh, I didn't even write it down what it's called, because it doesn't really matter. It's like Kyodor, Kyodor, some, some such. He, in the intervening years, has become rich. He's a landowner. Although not technically royalty, he has many people who pay him taxes and sort of that vibe, and is just rich beyond measure and uh, living the life. The life that, if you know Waylander at all, is going to cause great boredom. Great boredom. He's used to that action, that action pack. So being a wealthy landowner, not too exciting for him. So he's traveling his realm, and uh, one of the towns that he is that I guess is sort of sworn fealty to him, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, uh, is sacked, ransacked, rather, by a, a band of bandits. A band of bandits! <laughs> That's why they call it a bandits. Band, a band of bandits. Oh, I can't get over that now. Okay, so uh, the bandits kill a lot of these villagers, burn down a lot of these buildings, and kidnapped, kidnap one of the villager women. So, Waylander heads off after this band. One man versus, like, 20-some-odd guys. And because of his deadly assassin-like arts, is able to winnow them away one by one, and eventually saves the girl. The girl by the name of Kiva. Uh, this book started interesting in that you kind of make the assumption that Kiva is going to be Waylander's sort of right-hand woman for the course of the book, but no, she's kind of just at the beginning and at the end, and not really, you never really see what she's up to during the whole course of the middle of this book, so it was interesting for the reason that it was strange, I think. After Waylander had saved this girl, um, 
bringing her back to his castle, his castle where he's got sort of a, a giant library, uh, a school devoted to the healing arts. He's sort of a patron of the arts, devoting all of his money to basically try to make the world better than it is, kind of to make up for his past misdeeds. Because if you know anything about Waylander, you know he was badass to the point where he was just bad and evil and is kind of trying to atone for his sins through doing these good deeds, which I like. I don't like that sort of uh, clean-cut, 100% good uh, protagonist in my book. It's sort of that uh, Batman versus Superman idea. The reason I like Batman is because he's got a little more dimensions to him as far as not being 100% nice where Superman is. And although I like Superman... Not as much as Batman, because he's kind of always too clean-cut. So Waylander is like the Batman of this, is what I'm saying. Waylander equals Batman. Yep. In, instead of his parents being killed, his um, wife and kid was killed, setting him on the road to vengeance. Ooh, that might be the title. Waylander equals Batman. I like it. Oh, anyways, so they're headed back to this castle, and uh, a sort of mist comes up that makes him uneasy. And you know if Waylander, friggin' Batman, is uneasy, there's something uh, not right. Nothing happens right at that moment, but uh, it sort of set him on edge. He has uh, visitors on the way, one of his uh, old merchant pals who he's known since he was, since his old life way back in the day. This uh, merchant guy which uh, I wrote down what I thought his name was, but uh, I don't know if it's right. Matt Z? Something along those lines. He's got a very Asian, I believe, sort of Chinese flair, these guys. They, they're they not Chinese. They're like Chai at Sea or, or some such like that. But all their names are like that, and a lot of their sort of customs seem rooted in a, in a Chinese kind of uh, background. Which I like uh, that idea of, in a fantasy novel, pulling from the cultures of this actual real world. It's, a, it's an interesting idea. Anyways, that party is waylaid by this mist that inside it has giant monster things. Like half human, because they're standing upright. Half uh, bear, because they're goddamn gigantic. And then they have like talons too. Just things you don't want to mess with coming out of mess. Oh, the mist that is incredibly cold and causes, like, water to freeze and birds that are flying to die because it gets so cold. So frost giants combined with all this other stuff in this mist? Uh, it, it's a really not good thing. Luckily, this merchant has with him uh, Kaisumu, who is and has trained in the sort of martial arts. He's got a sword that he did not know would glow in the presence of demons such as this, but apparently does. It's as if he has been training for this his whole life and takes care of them without losing too many people. Yeah, some of them die, of course, because that's going to make it more interesting. Uh, just prior to this section, this band was waylaid by actual bandits, uh, which were just killed basically within seconds by this Kisumu, with the exception of one of the bandits who ran away. His name is Yu-Yu. Y-U-Y-U. Uh, he is sort of a... 
almost reluctant hero. At first, Kisumu is like, oh, what is this guy doing? He's a member of his, his race, these uh, Chaitsi race, and is almost pretending, or in fact is pretending, to be one of his sort of monkish fighter order. So Kaisumu kind of takes Yu Yu, oh god, under his wing a little bit, which is nice. It's a little, uh, little father and son like. A little. Uh, eventually, we learn that Yu Yu is sort of a chosen one, which I'll get into. Okay, so my next note says some political intrigue, which usually when that is in a book, it's like the most boring part of the book and. I've even found myself skimming over that kind of part. But uh, David Gemmel managed to make it both not crazy long and in-depth, and what was there was interesting. Uh, it involved Waylander, who, oh, I should say, in this realm is known as uh, the Grey Man, also known as the Gentleman by the people who work for him. He is a foreigner, though, so uh, that's quite a happens, quite often happens in, well, life. Foreigners are not liked, especially when they're when they come in and they're all rich and powerful, and you have to borrow money from them. So, things of that nature. That's a little bit of the backdrop of what's going on, other than this ancient evil coming back. This ancient evil, which uses this political intrigue to its advantage, of course, as ancient evil likes to do, visiting his library and. Uh, is a priestess by the name of Ustart. She, we learn, is one of, we learn, is from an alternate dimension. Yeah. I love getting a little alternate dimension action in my fantasy novels. It's good stuff. She is actually not 100% human. She is what you call a joining. If, and I hope you did, either read along with me or listen to past podcasts of books that took place in this saga, you will know all about the joinings. That was in the first, uh, maybe the second or third book, I think. Basically, humans joined with animals. She is joined with, like, a tiger or a leopard or something. And um, from an alternate dimension where there are apparently factions of these joinings. And that was one of my one gripes with this book, is that... I never really 100% understood, so I'm going to assume it wasn't explained too well, what the factions among these people were and why they were fighting one another. I, I never really got that. Is it just good versus evil ones? Some, something as simple as that, and I just didn't, it just didn't click in? I don't know. Anyways, she's here in our... She's there in Waylander's universe in order to stop the evilest person from her universe who has traveled over and wants to basically take over all universes as you do. She has powers, can read minds a little bit, uh, fast travel, heal, super, super powerful because, well, she's half friggin' like lion and tiger and bear, not bear, oh my. The, uh, I guess you would say like uber bad guy in this takes an interesting form. Because, and this is a pretty big spoiler, you assume it is this sorcerer guy who is sort of working behind the scenes with all this political intrigue and stuff like that. You assume it's him. And he is not a good guy, but he's not 100% evil either. The person 
who is 100% evil, is the little kid who's always with him. What? Yeah, it turns out that this little kid is actually the super uber bad demon and has been the whole time. Has a charm on him that is super, super strong so that anyone who beholds him wants to just, like, uh, pick him up and love him and cuddle him and give him toys and whatever and maybe even let them eat their faces and stuff. Yeah, so he's, he's a super bad demon king in the form of this little kid. Sort of working through a little bit this sorcerer guy. Name of uh, Manushan. Manushan. Yeah, that sounds pretty evil. He's kind of working as an, as an envoy for, for this guy in our world, or in Waylander's world. Cool beans. Uh, okay, so getting back to Yu Yu, he and Kasumu sort of learn through this priestess and through dreams of uh, ancient fighters that Yu Yu is the chosen one. Almost Buffy-like. Yeah, I like that. I like a good chosen one. I can't think of an example of something I have read or watched or whatever that had a chosen one in it that wasn't uh, interesting. So, hey, I like. He, his task is to awaken the quote-unquote clay men, which turn out to be some more of these joining characters, but ones that are on our side, who have been basically frozen in clay for thousands of years. Only he can do it. Only he can lead them. Now, that's kind of boring, and we've seen it before. The thing that puts a little twist on it that made it interesting is that he is, or rather was, a ditch digger. A ditch digger turned thief, turned uh, guy pretending to be one of these monk warrior priests characters. He's a bit of a, a scoundrel. So again, that sort of double-sided personality. It's not just black and white. He's, he's, he's got some depth to him. I, I liked him, too. A lovable bloke, I think you could describe him as. Uh, he almost has the option, and this is giving the end away a little bit, has the option at the end to just flee. He's awoken all these clay men, and they're going to fight the evil army. And he's sort of done his part as far as that is concerned, and he's not the greatest fighter in the world. So uh, if he goes to this battle, he's most likely going to die. However, because apparently he's sort of underlying, he's got an underlying streak of bravery with his last dying breath, he closes the rift between universes and cuts off these demons. So, you know, good on him. That will end sort of Yu Yu and Kasumu's section. When you think about, or when I think about it now, it's almost as if two sort of separate things were happening here. They're uh, closing off the rift from, from, way, from the world and keeping the demons out, as well as Waylander's part, which was killing the head demon guy. Uh, I love how this happened, how this sort of uh, came to a conclusion. And that is, uh, I don't really have time to get into some of the coolnesses around this, but Waylander was killed, shot in the heart with a crossbow. I'm not going to say how, and that'll leave a little tease for you, so that's not such a bad thing. Uh, this Ustart priestess girl has the ability to keep someone's blood flowing for maybe half a day maximum when you when they are killed. So that's what happens. He's dead. He's only got hours to live because the only thing keeping him alive is this magic 
that will fade, and then that's it. He's going to die. So he decides, in his last dying moments, he's going to go after this uber-demon character. Yeah, that's not good. He just about beats this demon character, who actually, I don't think he was a demon. I think he was just a sorcerer. Anyways, this sorcerer guy is like, oh yeah? You think you can beat me? Well, I'm going to summon the most powerful of all demons to take care of you. And it turns out that uh, when a demon is summoned, this is rule number one of demon tree, demonology, apparently, when a demon is summer, summoned, it has to kill. That's rule number one. Quite literally, they said in the book, that's rule number one. So the fact that Waylander was already dead meant that the demon could not kill him a second time. So, because rule number one is that a death has to happen, when a demon is summoned, the demon turned on the uber bad guy. I love it. A little Catch-22 action to polish off the book. Except for the epilogue. The epilogue, sometimes I don't like a happy ending, but in this case I did, because I feel like Waylander earned it after all his sort of trials over the years. Uh, it was that Ustart sent him to a alternate dimension, more like almost into the past, to when his wife and child were killed, so he was able to finally intervene and save them. Um, he still had that thing where he was held held alive by magic, so died immediately after, but literally died with a smile on his face. So, hey, I like it. I like you! You know what else I like is to say that it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.